It's episode 1006, and it's The Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. We made it. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. (laughs) From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. That was the buzzer. He's playing 2K right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, joining us once again, all the ladies are busy during the recording time. Joining us once again, our very own Tyler Huckabee from Paris, France. Bonjour, everybody. Bonjour. All right. Well, we have a great show. This is really funny. So a little behind the scenes, we have a rundown that I'm given every show. And it's like, here's the segments. Here's the guests. Here's the ads. Da, 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 and the team puts it together. This one, I think, was a holdover from last week's rundown uh, with some updates. But because last week we had Chris Brown on the show. And so the joke we make internally, if we have to say Chris Brown, obviously it's Chris Brown from Elevation, but if we say Chris Brown, we say Chris Brown, the good one. Well, this rundown says our guest today is Christine Kane. And then in parentheses, parentheses it says the good one. So uh, okay. apparently we have the good Christine Kane coming up on the show you today. Got, you, Cameron, you, you just gave me a really good idea for a podcast. Hmm. Um, well, it's an interview show, uh-huh. right? And 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 it'll be something snappy, like that's the way I heard it, or you know what, you know, they just you know how it's like uh, all these. Well, what's what's Alec Baldwin's old one? Uh, or so it got me thinking. Uh, just something uh-huh, that is just uh-huh. a generic yeah. interview podcast title. You, you guys know the type. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to come out with an unbelievable lineup, the biggest names in the world. You know, Tom. You know. That's that's the way I heard it this week. Tom Cruise next week, but it's all people that just happen to be named the celebrities' <laughs> name, so that I'll get the marketing juice and I will interview them about the celebrity. So I'll interview some guy that happens to be named Tom Cruise about Top Gun, and that's the idea for my podcast: is find people with famous people's names and interview them about the famous. And people. I definitely know a Michael Jordan. Because when I tore my Achilles tendon, Michael Jordan repaired it. So, and he's one of the top uh, surgeons out here in Nashville. So, we can get Michael Jordan on here tomorrow if y'all want to do that. And, and I wouldn't even tell people the premise. I would just start the conversation. <laughs> tell the truth. You did this as a prank segment on your college radio show. You went through the I phone did. book I, and called I, famous I names. I forgot about it. That is true. I did do that. This idea has been lingering. But Derek, what if the first episode, it's like, that's the way I heard it. This week, Michael Jordan. And, and I'm like, Michael, thanks so much for being on it. I love the last dance. You know, and I never acknowledged that I'm not being dishonest. I am interviewing a man named Michael Jordan about Michael Jordan related <laughs> topics. If you don't recognize the voice and he doesn't seem that insightful, that's on you, not me. Okay. That's the way I heard it. That's the way I heard it. <laughs> well, the good Christine Kane. NPR, NPR, call me. <laughs> the good Christine Kane is joining us later. Uh, we also have slices. And at the end of the show, last week we did some cast table topics. We figured with the new mix of voices this week, we would continue it. And uh, we got some table topics coming up at the end of the show. You don't want to miss that. All right, stay tuned. Coming up next, it's slices. My
listening to The War on Drugs. The song is Oceans of Darkness. Oh, it's an uplifting little ditty. Goodness gracious. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, I'm excited to talk to you guys about this one. Um, I try not to go back to this topic well too much, even though it is a topic I'm very interested in. Um, uh, and if you're if you're interested in these types of topics, you've probably seen this news because it was it was a big story the week that we were recording this. Um, now it, it it really isn't on the surface all that interesting. It's that uh, the National Intelligence Manager Aviation. Um, which is an office that resides under the office of the National Director of Intelligence, updated their website this week with a brand new logo. Um, now, military logos are really cool. Usually, they're like the patches that you see on jackets, and usually they have some symbolic significance to whatever you know their that office is. Well, this one got a lot of attention because it showed up on the website kind of unannounced. It just it was just an update to the website that people noticed. And Cameron, I sent you a screenshot of this logo. Dude, you I, I sent it like, to everybody. You sent it in the chat to everybody. Oh yeah, it's in the chat. So can one of you guys uh, click on that image and let me know, you know, maybe describe what this, you know, kind of regal looking military logo looks like. It looks like a plane behind a fighter jet with a UFO in the corner chasing God knows what in the front. I don't even I don't know what that is. Is that a. It's a whole bunch of types of planes. So it's like jet. There's an airliner. It's a random UFO to the left. A little flying saucer off in the corner. So it's a round logo that says around it, Office of the Director of National Intelligence. And it says uh, NIM Aviation, which is the National Intelligence Manager for Aviation. Uh, around the around the, this circle, uh, it appears to be a map of the Americas. Uh, but flying over it are various types of aircraft um, that each have a color designated with them. Now, interestingly, on intelligence sites, each one of those aircraft is actually identifiable as an enemy aircraft that the United States, uh, that this office actively tracks. So some are drones, some are fighter jets, some are bombers. So these are actually aircraft silhouettes of aircrafts mm-hmm. that are adversaries use and that this office is in charge of uh, uh, protecting us from. Now, Derek, as you mentioned, in the corner is what is unmistakably a flying saucer right in the corner. It seems almost out of place. It's way out of place. One thing that's interesting is some of these aircraft silhouettes uh, are super, super specific. Like one of them is a Ru- is, is called, uh, you know, is, is a Russian is a pretty obscure Russian aircraft called the Russian Soku Su-57 Felon. Like, it, in other words, mm. you know, these aren't ran- these weren't randomly placed. Right. These were, right. you know, specifically chosen people in the military intelligence community can identify the silhouettes as adversary craft. Uh, now, a lot of people kind of got spooked when they saw a flying saucer on this logo, along with all our 
our enemy's aircraft. And so a lot of military sites started posting stories and trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, It was determined, you know, there was people looking at like the JPEG images, like the actual file names. And it said like final version six. It doesn't appear that this was hacked or this was, you know, an accidental work. Now, uh, so all these websites, kind of uh, like the Drive and and other sites that that look into this type of thing, started posting stories about it. Well, we went back to the website later that day, and the UFO was gone from the logo. <laughs> um, Cowards. So this office. Once, once people started talking about it, remove the logo. And, uh, when asked for a comment, they only would say that it was erroneously posted and that was, it was not the official logo. But that was after they already posted it and the file name said it was the final version. Guys, this is a small little hint that something, you know, that some agency knows something, but this is unmistakably a flying saucer on a, on a sweet military. Without logo. a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. No question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's not even close. So that's your entire slice, is that the government is covering up flying saucers? Oh, the, yeah, no story there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering. I didn't know if this was like the precursor to then this happens. No, no, no. I'm just saying it's okay. because they later removed it after people started talking about it. So like benign, the, the most benign version of this I could think of is that this is like an anticipatory logo. Like someday, maybe next year, maybe 10 years from now, maybe 50 years from now, this will be part of the Armada. And we just don't want to redesign the logo. You know, things are busy. We got we, we don't have a lot of time time designers are expensive we got a little cash surplus that, right no, now it's my only issue with that tyler though that mug is literally like everything is right down the center and the ufo mm-hmm. is sideways to the left That's true so i'm not even yeah, mad like l- like a lot of times it's like conspiracy but it's like they didn't put a a wind trail behind it or nothing they just put that <laughs> mug sideways at the bottom left almost like they didn't want you to catch it or somebody was playing a joke or mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so like i mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just saying, but but it's not hidden. It's not like an Easter egg. It's plastered right this there. True. It's huge. It's 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 unmistakable. But Cameron, I like I like your theory, or maybe this is Tyler's theory, that Tyler's. the government is suddenly interested in saving money to the degree that they will preemptively create <laughs> aviation logos with U- UFOs on them, Future logos. just in case we discover them, and they don't have to like re-email the designer and ask for the vector. <laughs> How many times have we? On this podcast, this 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 all man podcast, been like, oh, we can't talk about that because we don't know what the future is going to let you know. By the time this comes out in a few days, the situation might have changed. So let's not do that. We do that all the time on this. Why yeah. do, do why why wouldn't they do the same? Be doing the same thing at the highest levels of the government, or it's just recession proof graphic design? Because how many times right. have you had something designed and you was like, man, now I got to go pay the graphic designer, you know, some more money to make an edit? They're like, nah, give me all the how much could it possibly be to to have the graphic designer later put on a tiny ufo you know whoever designed this got paid like two hundred thousand (laughs) dollars like it's 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 like some crazy like ridiculous like it doesn't even make any sense like two hundred thousand dollars and it's like the guy probably went on fiverr and just (laughs) (laughs) it just got it done for fifty dollars like it does look like a fiverr uh Artwork. Too, I, mean, I think it would also be. It's important to remember that the people who are in the military are huge nerds, and, and I mean that. I mean that respectfully. I don't mean that in a bad way, but they but they yeah. are. And so I think if a designer came through, like you know, it'd be super sweet on this flag. 
is if we put an alien spacecraft on there yeah, and somebody right, in charge you, you know, there you know was how, like, You know how jokey totally. the Office of National Intelligence is. They just <laughs> yeah, seem yeah. to be a real gas, have a real it's sense not, of humor. It's not a that. joke. It's not a joke. This isn't a joke situation. This is a, this is a awesome. Uh, and also, you know, you're kind of playing, so you might be playing a little bit of international defense on this one too. Kind of being like, well, they don't know. You know, they don't know. They, Putin doesn't know whether or not we got a UFO hiding underneath Area 51 right now. We put it on the flag. Maybe he thinks twice before maybe he starts, we just slap starts, it on the logo. Maybe, maybe we, we, maybe we force him into surrendering by plastering a, a cartoon UFO on an obscure military logo. Great I'm theory, having, Tyler. I'm, I'm, None <laughs> of these add up. None of these add up. There's obviously a major cover up happening. Major cover up. All right, what do you have, Tyler? Okay, so I, I'm. How many of you guys are still are on board the watching the Disney Plus Star Wars situations? Yeah, like the that we've got the new one just came out, the Andor one, which is getting good reviews. I have not dug into it yet, but I, I'm hearing good things about it. You got the Mandalorian, obviously. You got the Boba Fett stuff, and then movies. I, I don't really know where we're at right now, but are, are you? Are we various levels of caught up on any of these? Um, yeah, because um, because my kid, like I, I mm-hmm. we watch them all. Like I, I have, like you, I haven't seen the new one, but the Mandalorian was fantastic and Boba Fett yeah, was sure. good, you know? So like, <laughs> sure. yeah, we're in, we like this new era of what kind they're of, doing. It seems like there's a lot to be honest with you, but you know, there's, there's too much. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't, I've, as somebody who like them, I, I can't keep up with them all. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of like, Oh, I guess I'll, if, if I hear that it's amazing, I'll catch up. But like, I'm not on their first day like I used to be, you know, when Mandalorian first came It's not a point of viewing or anything? No, no definitely yeah. Derek, I feel like you and your boys were on the Disney Plus lane with MCU and, and Star Wars stuff. But She-Hulk and or, are you guys off the off the train right now? Yeah, it, it's not even... I, I don't think it's even because of the shows. Like, they seem interesting, but I'm just like, dog, y'all dropping these joints like rappers dropping mixtapes. Too much. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like... I can't I, keep up. I, yeah, so... I ain't necessarily tripping. Cohen Cohen had a sick day, a couple of sick days last week, and he watched She Hulk. Yeah. And do you know anything about it? I had no idea about it. It just looked ridiculous to me, you know. I enjoyed I'm enjoying it just fine. Like it's it's kind of low st- it's like a sitcom. It's like what if right. Marvel did New Girl exactly. kind of in my mind. And I'm and I like that for what it is. But, but to me, like the whole thing of like you have the what I don't like about the superhero stuff is you have to suspend reality. So I'm like, that's just ridiculous. Why would a Hulk be a lawyer? And then he explained it to me how it happened. Like the the accident and then Hulk blood got on her and then she whatever but she was just a lawyer and so now she's just going to keep living her life but like he was telling me like there was a whole episode where she was like on dating apps and trying to get dates and stuff and like what what but you're right so I guess the whole farce of the is that she is just it is a rom-com sitcom about very a lawyer much. very much just so he just happens to be green and that's it's kind of like joke. ellie mcbeal type thing yeah. yeah and i'm and i'm actually liking it more i think some of these have felt kind of like nine hour movies instead yeah. and i'm like i just don't have that kind of time anymore and yeah. this one is just 20 minutes you know pop it on it's you got some laughs in there it's funny and you can log out i'm so as far as star wars goes uh you know we've got the we've they're they're they're, they're cranking these out like crazy and the problem that they're running into they've been running into for a few years now is obviously that the original actors are getting pretty old and the stuff that fans really want is always going to be the luke skywalkers the darth vaders the han solos and these people just aren't doing that anymore and it's really hard to keep this series going but they're fine they found some sort of innovative ways to do this obviously and some of them have been sort of ethically weird like recreating carrie fisher as princess leia with cgi and that kind of uncanny valley like 
we're still in a place where like it almost looks okay, but it doesn't same with Luke Skywalker and the Mandalorian stuff. And uh, now we're getting into the next generation of that. And it's with Darth Vader. Uh, James Earl Jones is still with us. Thankfully, a uh, big fan of James Earl Jones. Uh, uh, he's Huge. been on this podcast before and, uh, and he's, he's been interviewed in the magazine, but he's 91 years old. And he told Disney that he is getting ready to, uh, to kind of sail off into the sunset with this character. He just doesn't, he's getting kind of tired and doesn't want to do it anymore. So Disney found a, uh, an AI program that's actually, this is a company in Ukraine who has put together an AI program that is, that is able to recreate using snippets of past shows, uh, his, his voice. And that will be Darth Vader from now on. That'll be, we won't, they're not going to rehire an actor. You know what that AI is called? Hmm. James Earl Tones. Tones. <laughs> James Earl Tones. And you have good, different tones. Good. The technology isn't specifically only working on James Earl Jones' voices, just no, FYI. No, the way I heard it, the way I heard it <laughs> is it's a whole AI company that has worked on simulating different tones of James Earl Jones' voice. And that's why they call themselves James Earl Tones. And it just it had an IPO. It was like a $6 billion IPO. It's unbelievable. People are throwing lots of cash with this thing. James Earl Tones. So they played it So they played it for James Earl Jones. He, he was really happy with it. He liked how it sounded. He said it sounded good. So for the time being, and the, you know anything can change in the future, but for the time being, there are no plans to recast the voice of Darth Vader in the future for future projects. It will just be this AI program using past Darth Vader uh, sounds to create the dialogue that they need. I'm glad because it's like there's there's nothing worse than modern Kermit the Frog doesn't sound like Kermit the Frog. You know, like like they've got some guy trying to sound like Jim Henson. You know, so it's like I'm down. Like if it's an iconic voice, an iconic character, and they can fully recreate it, go for it. Here's my fear. But, my fear is that people are going to do this without consent and like deep fakes. Uh huh. That's my fear. It's not, it's not, I mean, you know, shout out to Disney. I'm sure, surely the OG, you know what I'm saying? Made sure he got oh, his So you're money. not talking about in real life. You're talking about like other franchises yes. cashing in on the yes. names, image, and likenesses of people who uh, have passed away uh, or are no longer right. associated. So, you know, Disney did it oh. right, obviously with James Earl, but then it's like oh, this, wow. um, it's like that AI rapper guy. Uh, it was based yeah. off of a person's oh, yeah. real voice. Yeah. yeah, guy makes no money off of the situation. This is about to create all types of legal problems for creatives. So, I, I like for me, I'm like, man, it's dope. We get to have the the real, you know, James Earl Jones texture of his actual voice but then i'm like man what kind of problems is this going to create 10 years from now like i mean yeah. on a different lane it's like what we were talking about last month with the bioethics stuff mm -hmm. and like how how technology is progressing quicker than ethicists can keep up yep. and so you know we're not we're talking about can we do it not should we do it yep. that's interesting or yep. we're doing it with clear parameters of right and wrong this is how we can use this technology but not that yeah, nobody's talking about that. They're talking about Darth Vader. <laughs> right. Well, well di right. didn't didn't the uh, filmmaker run into this? I can't remember the name of the film, um, but the, it was a recent Anthony Bourdain documentary where they provided voice narration. Roadrunner? Yeah, Roadrunner. And I could be butchering some of the details on this. It was either 
it was they simulated his voice to provide narration of things he never said. Yep. Wow. They were using a similar technology. Um, well, I believe it was things that he had written in a oh, but, gotcha. had, but had not said. So he had wrote these things down. And then they used an AI program so that he would say it, which is kind of like maybe that's okay. You know, it gets into that kind of wow. weird like what are, like what's, where's the line in here? Yeah. Like Again, it. you're hearing his voice. You know, dict. You know, read things that he may have dictated or written in a book or whatever, but. Again, he, he never consented to have his right, right. because even even things like inflection mean so much mm-hmm. in the spoken word versus. Now, I will say this: we at James Earl Tones, I forgot to tell you guys, I'm a heavy investor in the same price. We nailed we nailed the inflection. Um, we got Disney lining up for a new Lion King for uh, for that for James Earl Tones. They're doing Field of Dreams so, two, Electric Boogaloo. Yep. Uh, and again, we've uh, we forced our way in. We contracted it for James Earl Jones. We were it's a little short sighted because we're just hoping for James Earl Jones remakes. We've sunk a lot into this technology, <laughs> but we really went in on James Earl Jones franchises for James Earl Jones. So a little short sighted, but uh, we're not concerned about the ethics. That's really interesting, though. That's interesting. I didn't th- when yeah. I saw his post about this. Like, I, I didn't think about the ethical dilemma that Derek brought up, like exploitation, honestly, down the road. Yeah, and that's what what's hard about this is, of course. You know, Disney is ethical as far as that goes and something like this. And in this case, you know, James Earl said it's OK. And and I believe Carrie Fisher's estate also signed off when they used her likeness in uh, Rogue One. Is that what it was? Yeah. in Rogue uh-huh. One. Uh, but but every step that we take down this road is bringing us closer to a future where that's just not going to be a possibility. And it's going to get into the hands of people who aren't interested in getting consent from the people that they're using AI to recreate. And someday Derek could wake up and hear a song that he did not record, but that is using his voice to, you know, to rap things that you, he wouldn't, you wouldn't, you'd have not and would not say. And what are we going to do when we start getting into that stuff? Well, and in the well, cra- I mean, crazy part about it uh, as well What'll happen is the the people will be so accustomed to because this is a useful thing. Like no one wants to hear a, a a different Darth Vader voice, so the people probably won't understand the ethics behind why people are complaining. Very similar to how artists when they first start complaining about the streaming numbers, being like, "Yo, uh, you know, where's the money?" <laughs> Pretty much, you know. So now what'll happen is the narrative will be these artists are being greedy. You know, or it'll be like Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye, like I, I that's why I don't blame Marvin Gaye's estate for suing everybody they feel rips them off because that's his estate, that's his intellectual property. So, you know, my tone, how I say things, um, my delivery, all of that, that's my intellectual property. Like I've spent years developing that. So if someone was to rip that off, it's not a it's not a simple thing. But most people don't understand what it's like to live off of your but even property. aside from that, I mean, Amazon, we talked about this a couple months ago. Amazon brought custom voices to Alexa. So literally your dead grandmother could be your Alexa voice or you could interact with your dead grandma. She Grandma didn't sign off on that. And Amazon's a for-profit company. Man, you know, you know like <laughs> Amazon's recreating grandma. Yeah, I mean, because who who owns like the the tone and, you know, nature of your voice? you know, do you automatically own that? Like, is that your likeness? And, and, or is there any law, is there anything in place from someone just appropriating it? I don't know the answer because I feel like it's not something people have had to ask because it's, it's the, the advent of the technology to reproduce someone's voice with, you know, insane accuracy is pretty new, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's, there's a lot of interesting kind of wrinkles to this. For sure. 
was creeped out by the idea of talking to dead relatives through the Alexa. Yes. <laughs> still, I, I, still, not, nothing, still not okay with that. There's nothing in me that wants to do that at all. Right. There's nothing, not, not one impulse. Nowhere. No, not an impulse, I feel. Yeah. All right. What do you have, Derek? So I got, uh, first of all, before I get into my slice, I just want to uh, shout out to Kelsey uh, Dowd. She DM'd me. And I want to, first off, I just want to say before I go further, man, I really enjoyed being on Relevant because like I get to be myself and then the Relevant crowd reacts and I get like awesome DMs from people like, hey, here's another thing of uh, another clip of white people acting crazy. (laughs) Is it just clips of this podcast for the most part? (laughs) No. So shout out to Kelsey. She uh, sent me a video of a lady who makes uh, upholstery out of dog hair. Uh, it's oh white woman. So, uh, so you I had to clarify this white woman. Yeah, I don't think you need to qualify. I, I, think, need to qualify. Have, I think we all have an accurate image. Y'all knew what it was. Y'all knew what it was. So um, I was going to say, Kelsey, man, I, I, like I love getting the DMs. It don't have to be specifically about white people. You know what I'm saying? But I love getting the DMs <laughs> that are funny because y'all know I love jokes. So that was, it was odd. And just whatever you picture a person making upholstery out of dog hair looks like that's what she looked like. So just, just, just whatever, whatever comes to your mind. But how is it like the clippings and then she glues them onto nah, canvas? She puts it on a wheel, like one of those, like Sony like a wheels, loom. Like, like Rapunzel. She, yeah. They're like the Rapunzel loom. Yeah. So they put she it on literally there. turns it into, into thread. She turns it's a, dog hair it's a, into, it's a thread and she makes mittens and all types of things. So some people send their dead, uh, dogs, oh uh, hair God. and she'll, she'll take it and making it to like a sweater. I got, I got, I got uh, no issue with this. So I, I mean, just, I don't know. I don't know what kind of animals, you know, some of these fur, you know, some of this fabrics are made out of. Why not dog? Yeah, you know, hey, people look, pet dogs. Listen, people know? make, you know, they make mink coats and I'm sure, I don't know how Peter feels about this, but you know, hey, if she says, oh yeah, actually, I do know how Peter feels about it. They, she, they hate it, but she says the only way to get uh, good hair from a dog is has to be a well-kept, loved dog. That's how you get the best hair from the dog from your garment. So, right. So you don't want some, you don't want some mangy upholstery. Not, exactly. So that's so that's that. So that's not that's not even my slice. I'm just saying. Listen. I, oh, I that's don't, not. I, want, I don't want some junkyard dog. I don't want some junkyard dog couch. I want. I want. You know. I want a show dog couch. Right. Show dog you know? couch. So, so re- relevant homies keep sending me DMs. But Derek, oh, she's not making sweaters. Oh yeah, right? she's making she's not sweaters. Making dog sure. sweaters. Yeah, sweaters. Oh, oh, I thought you sweaters. said upholstery. Oh yeah, that's like, what I meant. Clothing, clothing, upholstery. She okay. do it all. So sweaters, mittens. You know, she she trapping she trapping the dog here out the out the trunk. You know what I mean? Oh my god. So it's gone. So like, shout out to her. Great business. You can look her up. Her business, hair of the dog. It's uh, oh doing my fantastic. We need to just we we just need to have a podcast where you name businesses. I know. <laughs> like, I should I should be like the. F- I should be the fifth shark in the shark tank and I don't have any investment, but I will for a rebrand every business. I I will give you a better name. You know, (laughs) my actual slice is that people in Utah, speaking of white people, uh, people in Utah, are hearing music come That's out the of the toilet. That's the whitest people. This is the whitest people. They don't get the any whitest whiter. people. Yeah. Besides Scandinavia, it's Utah and Scandinavia. So, uh, yeah. but they're hitter, hearing music out of the toilets. Uh, so oh, yeah, the spooky music yeah, I heard about. So, this. just can y'all imagine? Just, just I mean, 
I don't know about y'all, but one of the most peaceful places, especially being a father, is just sitting on the toilet. Just sitting on because nobody can nobody can actually bother you. Like You're not no one's permitted to to disturb you. And there. they don't want like, to. You know, yeah. they don't want to. So if you just, lock look, them the door. They don't yeah, want yeah. to. They're like, man, whatever is happening in there, I want no parts of that. So it's great. So can you imagine yeah. sitting on the toilet and then you hear the stranger things clock? In your in the toilet, why you coming out of the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> so, what 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 ended up happening here? Like, I, I saw the headline that there's spooky music coming out of toilets in Salt Lake City. What was it? So apparently, Salt Lake City is actually a very good rational explanation for this. You're not going to get sucked into the upside down from your butt through the toilet. It's actually a uh, a <laughs> robot that goes through the the sewer pipes in Utah. And it looks for blockages. So why it plays creepy music? I have zero clue why they do that. So hold on. They have, there's a robot that is crawling the under the sewers of yes. major cities. Yes. yes. Looking for clogs. Yes. Uh, okay. How, one, I have a lot of questions there. You know, what, what, mainly, how are they identifying clogs? Two, why on earth would they program to play creepy music like this? Well, I'm sure. Hey, I'm thinking this through logically. I'm sure they're doing like sonic reverberation tests where they don't have to go all the way down the pipe. If probably the the signal is heard at a certain clarity at a certain distance, then there's no blocks. But like mm. if it's like muted, then there's a blockage. We got to go further and investigate. So it's probably a way that they don't have to scope everything. They can just kind of like bounce audio waves just to determine. But it's Probably I I don't know I didn't know I don't know why they play music. It's twenty twenty two. They could literally put a GoPro on the front of it to find <laughs> if there was any blockages. But it's either that or it's an assassin because you think when most people are disarmed, it's used in the bathroom. So if I want to take somebody out. And that would be actually the worst way to take somebody out too. It's just like you just sitting there and then you just get shot and and, and pop, 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 pop. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's either very yeah, undignified it's one of the two. way to be assassinated. <laughs> it's a bad way to go. It's a bad way to go. But I think that's why they like, there's, there's a lot of scary movies that take like, you know, there's like psycho and the shower or whatever like that. And you have what lies beneath in the back. I, th- I think that's just, it's a vulnerable spot. You want to be safe in there, but you're not. And we know that now. And, uh, and the music is just a lot a of sign. holes for things yeah. to get in you through. Can fall th- you can yeah. fall through them. You're not uh, safe. You're not safe. Not even in the toilet. Yeah, not, not least of least all there. Of all. All right. Well, that that was a very male slices segment. So we it apologize. For sure. Next For week, sure. some female will come back. But we we talked about aliens. We talked about <laughs> arguably the most masculine voice God has ever created, which James Earl Jones. This is a fact. True. We talked about uh, a sweet new business called James Earl Tones, and we talked <laughs> about songs from the sewers. I agree. Fantastic slice. Well, slice. <laughs> well done, guys. Well done. All right. Stay tuned. Coming up next, it's Christine Kane, the good one. You're listening to No Big Deal. The song is Sleeping. See, it's one word, so it's sleeping, but 
I like to think it's sleep in because that's my favorite thing to do. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad-free. You get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives. Our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more. Uh, check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, our guest today is none other than one of my heroes in the faith, Christine Kane. She's a global faith leader and a friend of Relevant. She sat down with our very own downtown Emily Brown to discuss why the next generation needs to build up resiliency, how hope transforms life, so much more. Here's our conversation with Christine Kane. also really excited to talk about um, your devotional that's come out um, and just this idea of resiliency, which is really important. And I, I feel like it's not talked about enough. Um, so I'm glad that it is being talked about. So I guess maybe let's start with, um, you know, how, how did this message get laid on your heart? You know, uh, we are living in such turbulent times. There's no doubt about it. And, um, of course, we're in the middle of the pandemic and I can't travel overseas like I normally travel. I still did a lot within America, but outside of the country, I didn't. So I had a lot more time. And my friend who is this avid hiker um, starts taking me on all these hikes on these mountains around um, Southern California. And I just realized when I went out on my first one, I thought I was always fit because I work out all the time, but it was so different climbing a mountain. Like you need different muscles, you need different strength, different endurance. And it was really during a whole lot of those climbs that I started to think that the reason I was able to do it and climb, you know, all of the mountains in Southern California um, is because I did have a base level of strength and fitness that I had accumulated over decades. And so I had this capacity to kind of, um, even if I, if it was hard or I tripped over or, or something happened, I could bounce back up and get, have that sort of resiliency. And I started to think about a lot of what is happening in the world. And I thought, you know, the scripture says that um, you will have need of endurance to fulfill the will of God. And I was thinking a lot really about the next generation, your generation. And I thought, what are some of the differences? Why am I still here at 56? Why am I still, by the grace of God, loving Jesus, serving Jesus, passionate about the mission of God, passionate about the purposes of God? Um, yet I've experienced life. I've experienced adversity. I've experienced loss. I've lived through the same pandemic as everyone else. I've lived through the same political instability, the whole racial division, the whole, uh, you know, economic challenges and moral challenges and social challenges. But why, by the grace of God, am I able to keep moving forward and continue to stay in faith? And I thought, I think the key is that I developed resiliency over my life. What would you say is maybe the first step towards developing this faith muscle? Like, how do you get started? Yeah, I think that the starting is, I mean, you've got to be in the word. That's the, because faith comes by hearing, Romans says, and hearing the word of God. So 
you know, for me to stay in faith with all that we do, rescuing the victims of human trafficking around the world and, you know, doing what I do with Propel and speaking, um, I have got to be in the word. And so I'm always either listening to it, you know, and thank God we live in the 21st century. So there's a hundred Bible apps that you can download. Um, even if you don't like read, have someone read it to you, you know, like it's awesome. Um, but get the word, that word puts um, iron in your blood, in your spiritual blood. You know, it's like it, it, it strengthens you. I, for me, it's just so important. You know, this morning I got up, came downstairs really, really early. I'm opening the book of Nehemiah and I'm under, it's like, man, I can feel myself getting stronger. And I always think it's important right at the start of the day that you let God talk to you before the world talks to you. So it's really important to get in the word um, before the world starts telling you who you're not. Let God start telling you who you are, reminding you who you are in Him, what you have in Him, that we are in Christ Jesus, that we are seated together with Him in heavenly places, that we have access to every spiritual blessing that's ours in Christ Jesus. And you go, come on, I'm going to charge that hill with a water pistol. It's like you're reminded because the minute you get online, you start comparing, you start competing, you start feeling like a loser, you thought you were doing okay, and then you're scrolling through someone else's feed and you're like, I'm just a loser, uh, nothing, you know, and so, and the enemy will come and start lying to who do you think you are, you can't really do this, he'll remind you of all the sins you've committed and, you know, all the reasons you should be disqualified and you spend your whole day full of shame and condemnation and um, feeling like you can't do anything. So you, this place to start, is let God tell you who you are. Let God remind you who you are. I'd love to hear what do you think are some good qualities to have in friends to make sure that they're pushing you to be resilient? Yeah, totally. And um, I think that's really important. And we've got to be open to the fact that, you know, friendships... um, have seasons and you know someone that may have been great in one season may not be a friend to resiliency in your next season and your friends i think one really important uh virtue and value in a friend is someone that has the capacity to grow and to allow you to grow um, and to keep becoming the person that god has created you to become i think people that want to keep you stuck in a previous season um and like the you that they you know that i want you back there they're not going to help you develop resiliency because they're, they're just they might help you develop codependency but not resiliency and i think um a friend is just, you know, no one's perfect. All of us make mistakes. All of us um, mess up. But I think it's someone that's willing to stand with you, to encourage you. So they've got to be committed to their own journey with Jesus as well. You know what I mean? So when they're committed, and we're talking in the context of resiliency, we have lots of friends that may or may not even be believers, but they may have a different place in our life. But the ones that are um helping us to develop a strong faith muscle to help us get through adversity um, and not just barely get by, but to be who God's called us to be and then to thrive on the other side of it. Well, the only people that can really do that are people that have walked with Jesus and people that are walking with Jesus and um, are going to help encourage you from the word. And, you know, they're going to come and they're going to um, sit with you when you're suffering and when you're struggling and when you've been disappointed, but they're going to love you too much to leave you there forever. There's going to come a time where that friend's going to be, okay, 
time to pick up your mat and walk. It's time to start walking. And I'm going to take you by the hand and we're going to do this together, but we're going to move on. So you need, you know, faithful, loyal, integrous. Again, I'm going to say not perfect because none of us are. If you're looking for the perfect friend, you're never going to find one. Um, and But if you're looking for good, you know, faithful, steadfast, true, honest, integrous, um, and I would say the primary thing is that they are committed to growing up in Christ themselves because that is the person that's going to help you get up and keep moving towards Jesus. That was Christine Kane. Make sure to check out her new book, Resilient Hope. It's available for pre-order now and will be on sale next week. All right, stay tuned up next. It's some table topics. Listening to Men I Trust. Not many. The song is Billy Toppy. Billy Toppy is a Men I Trust. Okay, normally this is where we would have our game, but uh, our normal crew isn't here, so we thought we would just keep the good times rolling like last week and do another round of table topics. Um, these are in no particular order. I'm just grabbing them off the top of the stack, so some of these might be duds. Forgive me. Here we go. All right, first question. Uh, when have you thought you were just being paranoid and found out you weren't? We had, I had a time, I told this story not that long ago. I had a time in high school when we had another friend group that we were in kind of a TP war with, TP in each other's front yards. And so me and my friends got wind that they were coming. And so we like stayed out all night. You know, we were going to, we were going to ambush them. And two in the morning, they never showed. So we go back to my house and we were just watching TV in the family room, but we have all these woods behind my house with big windows and at two in the morning, we see a flashlight in the backyard. And so we go running out there thinking these are the TPers. They're going to TP the backyard. That's next level. Turned out to be a robber that was actually trying to break into the house. So we were not being paranoid. We turned out that we saved wow. my family's home at that point. We chased him into the Incredible. woods. And did you have, what, what happened? Did he escape? He got arrested. He got arrested oh. the next day and the cops yelled at us because because there's 80 acres of woods behind my house yeah. and so mm. the cops got in there and and they they yelled at us they're like listen he could have been armed he could have don't 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 chase somebody who's trying to break into your house we're like we thought they were tpers we thought they were our friends we didn't you know yeah, anyway, so i guess it's the opposite of being paranoid and 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 then being proven right yeah, we weren't the, paranoid the, the exact opposite anything that a rational person would do which is run towards someone who's <laughs> looking to yeah, someone who's literally attempting to burglarize your home in the middle of the night you're just going to embrace them yeah can you but can you imagine two in the morning you're by yourself you're about to break into a house that's completely dark and a bunch at of two kids. in the morning with your little flashlight and 20 high school guys come pouring out of the house because we thought it was our friends we went around it it was like some of us went around the front some of us went around the garage we we trapped this dude 
And I can you imagine uh, he's uh, peeing pee his pants as he's running away, you know? Yeah, yeah. but but that that's what was scary because he could have turned around and just out. Bah, bah, bah. And, and then, <laughs> then we have a whole different story. But to yeah, be exactly. fair, for this particular home invasion uh, that was subverted, that is a terrifying thing to see. 20 teenagers. I don't care if that's you are the bad guy. It's like, he's okay, still telling I the story. This, okay, I was just looking for the China cabinet or whatever. Maybe we scared him straight, you know? Like, I'm nah. never breaking into a house Look, again. Hey, you nah, never know what's going to come running out. You know, that dude <laughs> yeah. is in jail frustrated. He's like, man, <laughs> I was about to rob this big old mansion, bro. 20 people came out. I'm running. Ooh, 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 I'm running. I'm going. Ooh, ooh. They, they, look, they, had, they had something in their hand. I don't know what it was. All I know is I was running. Man, I found oh, out, man. It wasn't we had super soakers. We, we had super soakers. <laughs> we had, we had, oh, oh, yeah, armed. totally. <laughs> He thought you were in the light. In the light, he thought you were like coming out, kitted up with like. This, that's hey, true. Like, I didn't man, think about that. Fifteen children with <laughs> rocket launchers and machine guns. Just, and for some reason, they're obsessed with toilet paper. I mean, they had a tremendous <laughs> amount of toilet paper. Toilet paper. It's true. We did. All right. Um, any you guys? Any anytime you th- you were paranoid and turned out to be proved right. I got nothing. You heard it. N- nothing that I want to talk about. I don't know, man. I'm yeah. not, I'm not yeah. really a paranoid guy. I, I default to it. Yeah, me be too. Fine. Me like, too. I, I, I should be more concerned about things. I will say this. For a long time, I was paranoid that we put too many eggs in one actor's basket when we started James Earl Tones. But, you know, look at this. The new Star Wars <laughs> came and fears alleviated. Oh, man. Okay. Another question. Oh, what pushes your buttons? What pushes your buttons? Derek, I know you got some. Oh, I got, I got a lot of them. Uh, let's see what pushes my buttons. Uh, I, I have road rage for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I really, really, really struggle with people not putting their blinker on and getting over. Like, I'm like, dog, it's right there. And so it's <laughs> so in Tennessee. I'm literally angry all the time. Like there's never a time that I'm not angry. Uh, let's see what else pushes my buttons. You know what pushes my buttons? Christian music pushes my buttons. Okay. <laughs> let's hear it. Let's, let's, let's let it rip. Un- unleash it. Unleash Christian it. music pushes so my get, buttons. Let's, let's get it out of the way. We're clearing the lane for you, Derek. For a lot of reasons. It's Der- it's and you know corner. what? Derek's We're moving corner. out to the wing. The lane is yours right now. <laughs> uh, listen, you know what? On that note, I'm going to retreat. <laughs> this can get ugly real quick. We'll just put it this way. If y'all don't stop making these songs about nothing, and uh, actually make some real songs, bro. We go be in trouble. Like I, I, I guess the thing. Well, I, here's the thing. This, the, this is my biggest thing with Christian music. I hate when Christian artists hop on a trend, and I hate the knockoff thing. Like that's the thing that I hate the most. If there's anything like in music or any any type of art, I hate the knockoff thing. I love watching people be inspired by someone taking something and making their own. But I hate the Oh, this is what's hot. Let's create a, a clean version of it. I really now I will say in recent years you don't really see that as much, but it it, it but that thing drove me nuts it, growing it, up. Derek, in my it's career, funny you mentioned sure. you know songs that don't really mean anything in that space. There's an artist I don't know he he's he's big on YouTube. His name Alex Melton. Do you guys know who that is? Like, uh-uh. His like kind of shtick is he performs songs in different genres. He's a really great musician, but he can make, you know, he'll find, he'll make like an old pop song into like a country song, but nail it style wise, you know, everything mm-hmm. about it sounds style, but he has done two that he's, he's made 
One was like a, a, a song from the old pop punk band Yellow Card. One was the song Iris by the Google Dolls. And he performed mm-hmm. the songs in the vein of like United or, uh, um, you know, any of the big worship bands. I'm telling you, like, if you didn't know that someone vamping to, I don't want the world to see me. I don't think they would understand that when everything changes this moment, I just want you to know who I am. And they're like raising their hands, playing it like it's like a, you know, contemporary worship song. It nails it. And he's doing it ironically to point out how you could put a lot of songs to that style of music and it sounds very worshipful. But I mean, it is a perfect kind of send up uh, of of Derek, kind of what you're talking about is, you know, kind of a non-original sound, but also incorporating, you know, some lyrics that aren't even that meaningful. I don't know if Jason, if it's too much of a thing, I can send him links, but it is funny to hear uh, to stitch in. Yeah, we'll we'll play it. Here it is. Okay, can I do one thing that pushes my buttons real quick? Oh yeah, please, please. Oh, I'm ready for this freaking, I'm telling you, there are so many times I'm like, I'm going to lose my freaking mind here. Like, I I will purposely upload every virus and every piece of spam on the internet if I never have to agree or reject cookies one more time. I, it drives me freaking insane. Who is this helping? Who are these notifications helping? Okay. I don't want to, it's like I'm signing a legal contract every time I want to read a news story from a site. Thank the EU, man. I, That's because of the EU. I know. That's the I know, but, but, but who are they helping with this? It annoys everyone. It's it's not useful at all. Like, I can just turn- Talking about it, the European Union? Yeah. So, so the European Union is a lot more um, aggressive with regulating the internet. And uh, the problem is the internet's global. So if the EU passes a law, like- global websites like Google and everybody else have to abide by it, even here in the US. So their Mm. issue is privacy. So the law was enacted over there because they didn't want sites tracking user information without your consent or knowledge. So they said, you have to opt in to be tracked. So every site in the world has to give you the option to say, yes, I'm going to come on your site under these conditions or no, I do not want to be tracked. I do not accept the cookies. So like that's the EU regulation. But yeah, the way it's rolled out has changed the internet, has changed browsing. Yeah, it just made it a pain. Like I said, it's filling out. I got to fill out paperwork to to read a 300-page, 300-word paperwork. Or click one button. No, because then I'm like, (laughs) uh, reject all. Well, now I got to check all these boxes. Good Lord. Thanks for not. It's making the internet so unfun. Like, I just want to read funny stuff, you know? Like, I don't don't need... uh, you know, I, I I don't I don't need to agree to rethink my privacy standards every time I want to look at a funny meme. Sorry, I'm going to get off. I'm going to tell my buttons were pushed. <laughs> you got going, uh, Tyler. Do you got anything? You seem like a chill dude. Um, I I'm, I'm I am pretty chill, but I do I, I think that there is. I, something that's come across with a lot of these is uh is is definitely like internet stuff it gets me more irritated. Um, I feel like I have a lot longer, a lot more patience for people like face to face. But if you like 
obviously in the line of work that I do, uh, that we, that we all do, like if you're not going to read past the headline or if you can't take a joke, you know, take something, take something seriously, that's obviously intended as a joke or vice versa. In some cases, I I'm, I've been doing this for a long time and I have not gotten any better at just accepting that that's the way people are on the internet. It, it, it is, it is so frustrating to be like, your point is addressed in the first sentence. If you would, if you would just, <laughs> if you would just click through it, we, we, we Tyler's spicy know. on the internet, y'all. If y'all don't fi- follow Tyler, especially on Twitter, if you don't follow Tyler on Twitter, I get a little, I get a I little, I get a little angry there. Tyler, I would read past the headlines if I didn't have to spend 15 minutes uh, determining what kind of cookies <laughs> this browser is going to accept. All right. Uh, let's see. What is your favorite thing to do on the computer? That's just the next question. And don't it. Oof. Oof. <laughs> no, no, no. We're honorable. We're honorable. We're honorable. Well, mine is redeciding my standards for accepting internet cookies. Uh, and I do it. I spend, that's mostly what I do on the computer these days. What about you guys? Mine would be looking at sneakers. That would be my favorite thing. Or researching whatever random idea I have that night. You know, I'm going to yeah. go in a deep wormhole on pizza ovens. I'm going to go in a deep wormhole on aquariums i mean just i'm always like thinking about oh what and then i'll just spend the evening yeah yeah deep that, diving that's pretty into much that most of my internet activity is just going funny hood that. videos <laughs> no lie funny funny yeah. videos like bizarre human interactions are my favorite videos tyler you spend a lot of time online. Yeah, I think for me, I, I do. I spent. I'm on. I'm on. But if I'm going to take a favorite thing to do, I think I've talked about this. One thing that I that I uh, uh, spot that I go to a lot is is uh is like reaction video, like p- watching people watch other funny videos and like people who are good at that. Whether it's like like movie trailers or another funny video, like a pratfall or something like that. That I, I can't explain it. I don't know why it is, but I find it's it's soothing sometimes to watch other people enjoy good stuff on the internet i don't like watching negative reaction videos. i don't like when, when people are like unhappy or is that but i do like when they're like moved by something or they find think it's funny or whatever. i do think that's an interesting dynamic in tiktok where you can duo or duet or whatever and so all the, yeah. the people who all they do they're not like doing commentary they're not interacting with it they're literally just sitting there watching it and i'm watching mm-hmm. you watch it we're watching it together and you liked it and I, I, that's such an interesting dynamic for some reason i only like it when it's a really old person and they're just shocked at what they're seeing. Like they did not know technology had evolved to this level in their lifetime. And they're just dumbfounded. If it's an old person, I'll watch the reaction videos. This is interesting. Which moment from your life would you choose to relive if you could? Mm. Like to enjoy the moment or to like go change it, I guess. I guess it's helpful. I, I would think like your Ebenezer Scrooging it. You're watching it happen. You get to be there in the moment again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah probably yeah, that. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, cause I've had I've had a lot of lot of cool moments. My freshman year of college, my grandfather and my uncle drove me down to school because my mom's car broke down. So my granddad, we hopped in this truck and he drove me down to college. I would I would definitely want to relive that again because my granddad mm. was hilarious. Mm. That dude was he was like he was yeah. He was hilarious and vulgar. So I just would love to just go back and just listen to him. You know what I mean? That, that's a good one. I think I would do some kind of similar. Like I remember, I think one one of the last times, and this was this was almost ten years ago now. But I was I was I was in Lincoln, Nebraska, which is my which is my home originally. And my grandfather happened to be over that day, and he was teaching me bird calls. He was teaching like how to do a you know different like different bird calls for different types of birds that were out there. And uh, at the time, he was a little ill. 
Uh, and then I, I ended up moving to Orlando just a few days later. And that ended up being the last time that I ever got to see him. Last time I, you know, a few days later, I got a phone call that, that he had passed away. And if I had known that would be the last time that I'd get to be with him, I probably would have savored that a little more. That was a very special yeah, you time. You guys have very sentimental ones. I was just thinking about this one time I was at Mongolian barbecue and I just had the perfect <laughs> concoction that day. I ran it through the garden, all the sauces. <laughs> I just remember that afternoon thinking, I nailed it. I don't think I'll ever be able to duplicate this Mongolian barbecue meal. You know, you guys know you're making your own there. And I just remember that afternoon thinking, I wish I, so I wish stupid. I had tracked. <laughs> <laughs> At least was your is your grandma there or something? At least is somebody there that you loved? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It was the last moment I saw my great great grandmother um, too. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot she was there. Uh, uh, she, she passed later that evening. <laughs> Oh no! Relax. I wonder. I wonder if it was the Mongolian barbecue that did it. <laughs> oh well, I you know we, we can't change the past, but uh, it was what a, what a meal, what a meal. See, you guys are all family and stuff. I don't know if I'm just a bad person, but me, it would be 1995 Orlando Magic Game Seven against the Indiana Pacers Easter Conference Finals, and we won to go to the NBA Finals. Young team, Shaq and Penny. I remember being downtown that that night and just the city was on fire. So excited. Everybody's honking. Everybody's cheering. It was just the energy. I've never been so... It was just so fun. You know, it was just like... It was the probably the best moments of my life. That just came to mind. All right. what Last question. What's the funniest thing your inner child wants? And don't say something sappy like, you know, love well, from peace. my mom that I never yeah. got or something like that. The end yeah. of poverty. Yeah. 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 Give me a break. Yeah. yeah. Well, that changes my The funniest thing your inner child wants. Funniest thing that my inner child wants. That square pizza. Yes. From yes, like the square pizza with the with the white sauce and the sausage. Whatever that sure. is. Like that it's not really pizza. It's like a biscuit or something. But yeah. That, that like they would that serve at elementary crack. school. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, and the pizza cubed, day and, and the cubed meat and stuff. Oh yeah. Uh huh. A specific uh -huh. smell it had. You could smell uh -huh. it getting. Yeah. You knew that day uh -huh. when you walked into elementary uh -huh. school. Oh snap! Oh, yeah. They're, they're cooking up that square pizza with the cubed meat. You know. Yes, sir. That's some joy. I think I'm trying to think if what my my inner child. You know, when I was a kid, it it was very much informed by TV. You know, um, and I remember watching. I think for me, it would be to, for some reason, I would get very famous in pop culture, very noteworthy, and I would be invited to play in an MTV rock and jock basketball game. Those look like the most fun anyone could have. You're out there with real NBA players sometimes. You got Marky Mark, you know, Steve Urkel, and you're out there shooting from the 30-point zone. The rock and jock thing always just seemed like the... That and, and also the, the OG American gladiators with the tennis ball guns just to run that course one time. And, and Derek, you know exactly it, what I'm talking dude, about. Dude, it's interesting what you're, I'm on the same line as you. So my original answer for my entire life was space camp. I, I, my, I wanted to go to space camp, but we fulfilled that dream two and, years and, ago. And, and it turns so, out it was remarkably lame all these years. It was, it lived up to every expectation <laughs> I had. Thank you very much. But my second would be the running the obstacle course on Double Dare, Nickelodeon's Double Dare. That was always yes. my dream to or like, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Make it onto yeah. Double Dare and the slime. And so the, I'll put it this way. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's, there is a uh, Christian rapper that's not me, 
that was actually on Double Dare. And uh I don't I don't want to tell this story, but spill it. it. This isn't scandalous. I'll put it I I got it. We got to find a picture. Hopefully, we can find a picture and post it on IG or post right. it on whatever. But no big deal was on Double Dare. No way. And it was it's hilarious, no bro. You're kidding. It's hilarious. He still has a clip. If you if we can pry it out of him, like it's it's the funniest thing. Little deal on Double Dare is crazy. Yes, we're gonna have to have him on to talk about it? it. So he fulfilled our childhood dreams. That's amazing. See, the yeah. thing that made it even more torturous for me was that in Nickelodeon Studios was in Orlando. It was in my hometown, oh, and, and I was man. like, "How do you apply? How do you get selected?" And my parents were like, "We're not into that. We're not gonna help you." do that and i'm just like it's right there it's 20 minutes from our house was it like a religious thing no they just didn't care about their kid (laughs) hopes and dreams whoa 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 (laughs) you lived in a house with 80 acres relax (laughs) no no it wasn't ours it was a city it was a a, you know like whatever conservation area okay 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 (laughs) uh Tyler, you got anything? <laughs> yeah, I remember being like, like I never, I don't think I've ever even watched it. But I would just see ads for that show where they do like the, like they give you like five minutes at KB Toys back in oh, the day. And you yeah. just, like, run oh the yeah, through the grocery cart and just like arm out the aisle. Oh, like that was cool. I would still, if you give me that, I would still do it, and I'd probably get the same toys now that I would have gone for when I was eight years old. Yeah. Like, it, would, it would, it looked so fun to just go that absolutely was. hog wild in it in a Toys R Us, which are they aren't even around anymore. I don't know what toy store you'd go to now. All right, here's a question. What do kids do now besides video games oh, and internet? Because we had some stuff, yeah. dog, for Weird real. Toys. Like we had we had Double Dare, like just just what we just named off, Double Dare, American Gladiators, like kids gladiator stuff. You had the KB Toys thing. Like, you know what? It's just just another thing too. Nickelodeon really like was our childhood they the for real. They really they ran really it, they had. really ran it up on us. Like so much that I wanted British knights when I was a kid. And nobody should have ever wore British BK, knights. Like, man. Like, no, I have BKs. I have BKs one year. Did you for real? Oh you yeah. Couldn't, you couldn't wear them yeah. in certain gang neighborhoods because they was uh <laughs> They were called blood killers. That's what. That's oh. what. Uh, oh, yeah. So you couldn't wear them in certain neighborhoods. But uh, but dude, so hey. Nickelodeon, they're here, right? Because it, they it, ran it. They ran it because they had everything too, like Rugrats. Yeah, they, because a lot of it was subversive. Like Pete and Pete was like a weird surrealist mm-hmm. show. Like some of those shows, some of those shows were just kind of weird and out there. But then you know they brought us like Keenan is still on SNL. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, yeah. they actually had s- some cool shows that showcase music and, and, you know, like I said, kind of subversive TV writers long. It was so much better than Disney. Like I, I didn't live in a Disney house. Like we didn't have Disney channel. Right. That was I when you had Disney. to get the free it was premium. We didn't pay for that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon was a little punk rock and it was cool. There was a I Disney channel growing up. I'm for real. Like I'm not even being yeah. funny. There was a so Disney it's like it was like HBO. You had to pay separate for it. It wasn't in basic cable. So like oh. only your rich friends had the Disney channel. But like I but Nickelodeon was with you know basic cable. Right, so just basic cable. It was a P- man. Yeah. yeah, it was lit. But then Toys R Us and uh, like all that stuff, or just man, just playing outside. But my kids, if I tell them go play outside, they look at me like I told them to go get a job 
Dude, I told you when Cohen and I went out to the mountain cabin last year, and we were oh, out there for a week, and I would tell him no screen time, go outside, and I looked out the window ten minutes later, and he's just throwing rocks at a stick. He didn't have anything to do. He didn't know what to do. I was like, man, you go explore. You're in the mountains. Yeah. You go hiking. You go down. There's a creek at the bottom. He was just sitting right outside the door, just throwing little pebbles at a stick. I was just like, come Which, on. Hey, camera. Side note. I don't know if like the first experience that Cameron needs of just like being stuck outside needs to be in a cabin, like in yeah, the mountains true. with a creek, true. bears, snakes, and all that. Hey, you'll figure it out. <laughs> Survival of the fittest, man. And then you're like, oh, and this one time, uh, our, I was in a cabin like this. It was surrounded by woods and someone almost broke into the house in the night. Thankfully, I, I, I chased him away with some friends, but he likely would have murdered the whole family. Super anyway, anyway, he just wandered out, in from out of the woods with a flashlight. So don't worry about that. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for Table Topics. Before we wrap things up, I want to thank Christine Kane for joining us. Make sure to pre-order her new book, Resilient Hope. It's a, it's available for pre-order now and it comes out next week. Don't miss it. Um, if you haven't seen the brand new fall issue of Relevant, you can check out our conversations with Dayglow, N.T. Wright, the cast of The Rings of Power, um, the crazy MIA conversion story, her faith conversion, so much more. Uh, you don't want to miss it. It's Like I said, it's available at relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab. Also, if you're a Relevant Plus subscriber, make sure to get your enhanced, beautifully designed digital edition. It's ad-free. There's a lot of uh, enhancements and videos and just beautiful design. It's awesome. It's made to look great on any of your mobile devices and also desktop. It's there in your account page if you're a subscriber. Also, while you're at our site, make sure to check out our daily content covering the intersection of faith, life, culture and justice and also don't miss our daily devotional series deeper walk it's presented by lumo there's a morning devotional email you can sign up for or you can just check it out there in the faith section at our website it's a great way to start your day love deeper walk okay on that note we'll wrap things up i'm cameron string i'm jesse carey i'm Derek minor i'm tyler huckabee we'll see you next time have a great week everyone For listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com I don't want some junkyard dog couch. I want, I want, you know, I want a show dog couch, you know? Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.